Today's podcast is brought to you by drinkers like you. To help support the show, visit patreon.com slash haveadrinkshow. I can't find these beers anywhere. How am I going to drink the style? And isn't it illegal to put caffeine in beer? I'm on to you, Buzz Beer. Wait, I'm being told this beer isn't real? None of these are? Apparently we're doing an episode about fictional beers. Well, and drinks. We'll talk about all these fictional beers and maybe wish we had some. Okay, probably not, but... We'll still have a drink. Have a drink, the show where you learn along with us about what you drink. I'm Brittany Lee Walker. I'm Justin Frazier. I'm Christopher Walker. And I'm Casey Price. <laughs> hey, guys. Hello. How's Aloha. So you going? Two? I feel like I'm closer to some of you than others. <laughs> yeah. The odd thing is is that the uh, bookshelf behind us makes it look like we're actually split in two different frames. I keep thinking yeah. that like, look over. I keep thinking Brittany has, like, cut us separately <laughs> yeah. that we were in new frames but then like yeah. i look over i do something like this and go oh uh, you you've broken the third wall <laughs> oh yeah no not the fourth yes. uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah uh i'm uh i'm back in the homelands uh, of sorts <laughs> yeah uh but before we talk about why i'm here casey what are you up to well you know when we recorded that last episode uh, you know, I didn't mention this because it was just a blip on my radar, but I got a speeding ticket. What? Yes, I got a speeding ticket. We were heading to uh, Again? to Michigan. Yeah, no, <laughs> no kidding, right? Um, and they caught me. We were traveling 23, and 23, as you may know, is 55 the whole way, oh. even time periods when it should be 70. Um, so 55 the whole way. They got me 69 in a 55. I actually was going. Usually they just mark you down to that number if you're going above it just so that you don't lose a license. But I really was going 69 and 55. Um, I didn't feel like I was going too fast. But the fun part comes on the way back. You ran to Sammy Hagar, <laughs> who also can't, can't drive. go 55. 55. <laughs> um, on the way back, I'm driving through, again, Ohio because... Ohio sucks. I guess I can say that, hmm. even though we do have Buzz Beer on this show. Um, Ohio. <laughs> so driving back through Ohio, I drive through a small um, uh, subdivision. I don't know what you would call it. Anyways, it was near in the Sandusky area. I know that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I drive back through, and I am watching quite quite well. I would have to say. And so I look over and and I see the speed going up and down. It's like 25 because we're going down through the middle of a town. And then it goes up to 35 and back up and down. And and a sheriff pulls in behind me. And I'm like, 
I am not going anywhere <laughs> over the speed limit at all. Not like this. So they set the speed limit to 25 while you're in town. 35. It goes up to 35. Then we pass some railroad tracks. It goes back down to 25. You go through another town. Comes back up. Speed limit sign says 25. And then we never see another speed limit sign. Uh, and my GPS keeps saying it's 35. I look around. There has not been a single speed limit sign in 15 miles because <laughs> um, we're going through this this county here. I'm going 35. There's lines of traffic behind me. After 10, 15 miles or so, the cop pulls me over and says, uh, just wanted to check on you and see. This is a 55. And I said, nay, nay. Not this, was there, there was no sign that said 55. The last sign was 35. My GPS says 35. This is not a 55. <laughs> I will not be caught by you today. That is entrapment. <laughs> <laughs> so he was like, well, just so you know, it's illegal. And I said, no, it is not a 55. There's no, you um, say there's nothing going this way, marking it. And actually... I'm in the ride here. So <laughs> so he was like, I just wanted to see if you're having a diabetic episode or something. <laughs> <laughs> no, Fair. we're getting ready to leave the county and your jurisdiction ends 100 feet up the road. <laughs> so uh, once we hit the county line, my GPS did switch over and say 55. But there was no sign that said 55 up until that point. I hate hmm. that. I hate that when that happens. So you're just like <laughs> looking around hoping like, shit, what do, what do I do here? Like, what's What's the right I wanted thing? to go 55, but I set my speedometer to oh, 35 yeah. and never touched above it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I do not yeah, I blame you one bit. No. I had the reverse issue where um, I, I, I've i driven back to, as I said, the homelands. Uh, I offered to help my father uh, help work on the house some because they're readjusting to, the, the, you know, Stuff has to get done. They're tearing up the floor, putting hardwood in, painting walls. They're like, hey. I was like, hey, I, I have two days back to back off. I will come down and and help out with whatever I can. Uh, he's like, awesome. Uh, I'm happy to help. I did not realize it was Father's Day weekend. <laughs> so oh, he may think that I'm a very good son. <laughs> I am not. It's just like the show. Things seem to just happen around the right time. <laughs> just <laughs> happened to work. Uh, but, you know, so I was like, oh, I'll, I'll drive in. I basically did the opposite of what you did, which is I'm driving down uh, the mountain parkway where it's at certain points because there's construction right now, 45 oh. miles an hour. And I've been driving 70 the whole way <laughs> up until that point. I get down to maybe 60. And I happen to look up, and I realize I'm in an area where it's like, oh, it needs to be low. And I see a sheriff. I'm really glad my brakes work well. <laughs> just watch that thing just go, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Because I don't want a ticket. Yeah. Uh, that was a lot of beer money. <laughs> yeah. Could have bought hops. They've been on sale this week. Oh, yeah. Mm. Uh, but other uh, – do we – Chris, Brittany, do you have any traffic stories? Uh, no. Uh, no. Well, sort of, I guess. Oh, yeah, you if got, we're in the same theme. You got hit. I I have the best <laughs> luck, guys. Brittany, I'm going to put like like some sort of like protective bubble around your cars. I'm I'm thinking about like and the thing like it's not my fault. Like I was so I was at a stoplight on my way to my OB-GYN oh. appointment. 
and somebody rear-ended me. And I was like, <laughs> are you kidding me? And I, but my head went to the place of like, I was flipping out because of the baby. Like I was thinking like, cause I, I jerked really hard. Like my, my phone is on um, the CD player mount and it flew off and the, uh, it's a note. So in the pen flew out and I was, it, oh. it was, it was hard enough for that to happen. Um, and it was, it was in Ohio cause like all my, my doctor stuff of is course. in Cincinnati, but yeah, Ohio was the worst. Um, <laughs> but so in Ohio, they have the license plates on the front of the car in addition to the back. And the dent in the on my rear bumper is of the license plate. It's stamped yes. their license plate in. So, so I was yeah. like, no, if it had been a hit and run, we could still find them. <laughs> yeah. It's fantastic. But <laughs> Quick, get the, get the charcoal and paper. So we'll find them. No, yeah. uh, the first day before it rained, the dust was perfect. And you could just read the mirrored image yeah. of the license plate number. It was hilarious. But like, and I, she... She was nice enough about it. Like, she wasn't, you know, she's like, this was, to- she's like, I'm so sorry. She's like, uh, um, she said, a, uh, she had a kid in the car. She's like, a lotion bottle fell under her brake pedal and she couldn't stop the car. And, okay. and until you said under the brake pedal, I was like, don't care. Not acceptable. <laughs> yeah. Like, it, so it, it had rolled under there, I guess. And, and I was like, well, that's, yeah. That's- Who's applying lotion while driving? <laughs> Well, like, that's, that's a fair Billy Bob. I don't think it's or that. I think the, like it, it puts lotion on the skin. Oh, um, oh gosh, that was Buffalo, Buffalo Bill. Bill. Yeah. Buffalo Bill, not Billy Bob. Like, I mean, Billy Bob Thornton. Yeah, I was know. like Billy Bob Thornton. Either way, no. And i then you said like lotion on the skin. I was like Billy Bob Thornton's not in Silence of the Lambs. <laughs> <laughs> Our references work better when I can actually make the reference. <laughs> no, it's a Scott thing. It's fine. Um, <laughs> the cheetah, but, Scott. But. Uh, <laughs> But um, but no, she was nice about it. We immediately exchanged insurance information, and Tuesday I have an appointment to go um, through her insurance. Uh, they're taking care of the whole thing um, to go get my car looked at because it's it, it you know we got paranoid because it's a lease vehicle like still I'm, I'm leasing right. it, uh, so we want to make sure everything's still intact. No, they're gonna have to hammer some dents out and and paint probably. They're gonna have to paint that car's getting painted for the second time this year. Like, this is the thing, none of which have been my fault. Like, I'm just like, seriously, why do I have these this, this luck? A whole lot of parking lots. Uh, Jeez. Uh, um, and, and, like, thankfully, like, it was a, a traffic light. It was a red light that had just turned green. So, like, I would have been able to go. But, like, so she's only going, like, you know, 20 miles per hour or less than that. even. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, so that happened. And then... But I was like, I was a wreck when I got into, like, it was literally at the traffic light where I would turn to go into my OB-GYN's office. So, oh, so uh, close. Yeah, and I was like, seriously. So I was in there losing my mind about, like, if the baby was okay. Because I'm thinking, like, the seatbelt dug into me or something like that. And she did an, an impromptu ultrasound. Um, just Which I'm to, sure we'll get the bill for next week. I know. Uh <laughs> But um, she uh, she she just did that to make sure everything was was all good and. Um, well, I mean, an impromptu ultrasound. You could turn that in on the insurance aspect as well. Maybe, yeah. Since since you did it because it was That's for a the good accident. Point. Yeah. Yep. Um, but yeah, everything's everything's good. Um, he's still okay in there, and if it, and it was funny because it, apparently he's going to be very active, which makes me tired thinking about it, but. Uh, yeah. she was gonna, she's like, well, let's get another picture for you. But he wouldn't hold still. Like he's just, he's just all over the place. And he even did this. <laughs> it's like, 
this is the appointment also where she told me like you've got to like calm down because the baby's heartbeat was a little too high because of that and so um but like he did this like motion of like putting his hand on his head like <laughs> like he just kind of hung out like that and i was like all right well now i'm stressing the kid out jeez um so yeah that was i it's been an eventful time um kid <laughs> beyond that uh we are seeing incredibles 2 tomorrow and yeah, I exciting. Don't, I, I don't understand how uh, that didn't make it onto the list in the doc. Oh, I, I didn't even oh, think no. about it. <laughs> and you guys were talking about the traffic stuff, and I was like, oh, yeah, <laughs> I got hit. <laughs> oh, it's been a weird week, guys. And uh, we've also both been listening to, uh, because you can't find a physical copy of it, because no. they're sold out <laughs> everywhere, Just crazy. the uh, Battle for Azeroth. The before the storm is the yeah. book. Um, I'm I'm on chapter thirty two of thirty nine. I think it is. But it is kind of oh, crazy. Yeah. All physical copies from all resell or from all sellers are sold out. Yeah, it's. I like it actually so far. Um, Even if I, you try and go to Amazon, you have to. You're put on back order. It's making me mm-hmm. angry at some characters that I used to love. <laughs> So, uh, Sylvanas, because maybe, she's maybe. the worst. <laughs> yeah, and th- but also like it also makes me like want to punch Gen Greymane in the throat. Like I, I don't get what you're going on about. You're you're being sympathetic to the Alliance, and there's no room for that in the Horde. <laughs> there I, is I'm, not. I'm just saying uh, maybe you chose the wrong faction. I I just think that Anduin has a nice outlook. Now I still hate Taronda, like with a the passion of a thousand suns. Taronda. Uh, Taronda, the the WoW character most likely to say you're a credit to your people. Um, uh, I I still can't stand her, so I just I think I just like Anduin as far as that any of that goes. All right, uh, speaking of people who are credits to their people, I think you have uh, some announcements. Oh, I was like, what? <laughs> yeah, I was like, I don't know where we're going with this. <laughs> sure, uh, this is not our segue episode. Um, <laughs> this is not our segue show. Uh, with with all this WoW talk, I would have expected us to start talking about some uh, Thunder Ale or Rhapsody Malt. I know. She That's tried right. to start I tried to look some up, but, it's, it in, but it's like nearly impossible to find that stuff too. Like really, like <laughs> in, just good descriptions and clips and stuff. There's nothing. Yeah, no, e- no ether mead. Ugh, it's crazy. Um, there was, you know, the expansion, but uh, with the uh, the brewers. Oh, the monks that are the. Oh, uh, that's true. The, we yeah. could have done uh, what? Chen, what was, yeah. was Chen's? Chen Storm Stout. Storm Stout. But oh well. Announcements. Okay. Uh, yes. Yeah, so our next episode, which has nothing to do with uh, what we're talking about, um, <laughs> will be Saturday, June twenty third, nine p.m. Eastern, and we're going to be covering cream liqueurs. Um, and that's going to be uh, a. I need a shoe and a whole lot of Bailey's. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, like, I was like, oh, I wish I could drink on this one because we could get the Buffalo Trace bourbon cream. Don't worry. I have a shoe glass. (laughs) I can drink on this one and I will be drinking it. (laughs) Nice. Um, But yeah. Yeah, Unfortunately, I won't be here for that episode, but you all have fun without me. We'll um, I'll I'll report in maybe from Denver or something the next episode. See what what's going on in the brewing scene there. That's true. Kind of a little bit better, actually. Uh, and then next, we actually have a movie draft update. Not even gotten to listen listen to this one yet. We literally just got it from Big Voice Jay, who is amazing. <laughs> He's been sending He's me it. weekend 
updates like not the the normal update that he does but like special weekend ones just to have it updated he's a national treasure is he what really I'm saying. is like saturday night live weekend updates oh no <laughs> not about any clubs or anything um, sorry occasionally i forget that that stern looks at casey do not read well in audio <laughs> <laughs> all right so here's this Welcome to your B-Team Movie Draft Minute, presented by DiamondClub.tv. For the week of June 11th, 2018, I'm your host, Big Voice Jay. Today, I wrote a song about a tortilla. Actually, it's uh, more of a rap. Let's go to the scoreboard. Team Walking Drunks in last place with $48.2 million. Team The Bond Squad's in fifth place with $87.8 million. Team Retro Misery drops to fourth place with $374.6 million. Team Movie Party's in third place thanks to Incredibles 2 having a nice debut of $71.5 million, bringing their total to $423.1 million. Team Game Night is in second place with $424.7 million. And well on their way to a billion, it's Team Have a Drink with $739.5 million. So that's your movie draft minute. All totals accurate as of June 16, 2018. Wow, he literally recorded that today. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we're... I love that background audio. Yeah, that was hot. Yeah. So, yeah, no, we are... Billion's not, billion's not where we're landing on this. Uh, well, $735 million, though, is nothing to sneeze at. Uh, I'm still. I cough at. I, I, I I'm still. The weekend's not over for Incredibles. I I still no. think that that's gonna be some money there. We're getting we're getting too we're getting too like like oh man we're doing so well. It's not over yet. Yeah, it's not over yet. How we long still, do we have? We still have another movie. Uh, uh, it goes until what, like the big, the very, like first weekend of September. That's right. Yeah, we, we got, do still have Crazy Rich Asians. We do. That's <laughs> gonna make a billion dollars right now. Not a billion, but I would. I mean, I would not be surprised with some big money off that one. It's gonna carry us watching, across that finish line. I've been watching trailers for it, and I have to say, <laughs> you should please go watch it. <laughs> <laughs> he has to. Really, he has to say that it's in its contract. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> We're gonna see yeah. Infinity War for the like ninth time. That's that works as well. If we could afford it, I would totally go to see Infinity War again. <laughs> like just. Yeah. I'm I'm gonna share something because I feel this is a space safe space. You've not seen it. I fell asleep during it. <gasps> I know, right? Not a safe space. Um... Not. <laughs> Casey, get out of your house. <laughs> I I fell asleep like in the if, if this was a four act, I fell asleep in the third. Right before all the the spoilery stuff happens, when everything big is, is going happening? down, apparently. So don't go when you're tired. Um, uh, yeah, well, yeah, I was like right after work. It was a good nap time. It was a dark, cool movie theater. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I'd pick I've, a different time to go. I've done that. I fell asleep during uh, what was it? Uh, whatever the second Sherlock Holmes was that. Uh, that was a good with movie. Guy Ritchie did. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. With uh, Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. and Jude Law. Again, a Robert Downey Jr. movie. Uh, yeah, but I fell asleep. But that was, again, I'd worked a 10-hour day, and I'd been up for going on 24 hours and <laughs> in a nice, dark movie theater and yeah. a slow point hit in the movie, and that was all it took, and I was gone. Mm -hmm. I tried. <laughs> but oh well, you know what else people are trying with? Beer parents. <laughs> yeah. Uh. 
All right, so a recent survey from the Beer Institute revealed uh, that only 16% of adults aged 21 to 24 who drank alcohol in the last month consider beer special, and just 2% see it as sophisticated. Wine, on the other hand, was deemed special and sophisticated by nearly 40% of respondents. Uh, I was not not interviewed for this. Uh, Clearly none of us were. (laughs) The messaging is clear. Wine is classy. Beer is common. Wine is fancy. Beer is casual. Wine deserves glassware and white tablecloths. Beer pairs with barbecues and plastic cups. You shut your mouth. <laughs> what? Wine belongs in the garbage can. <laughs> belongs in a museum! Uh, this is slowly starting to change. Brewers, uh... Beer educators and geeks like me and you are making a concerted effort to bring beer to the table. First came the Cicerone Certification Program, a process intended to mirror the wine industry's sommelier certification. Uh, The Cicerone Program is a multi-level course that educates students in beer style, service, and pairing. Uh, the Cicerone program. It just wants me to say that over and over again. Let's see how many times I can say it. Cicerone. 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 The Cicerone program has certainly been valuable. But uh, the future of beer and food pairings is not Cicerone's. It's not competing with wine either. Uh, it's being wine, claims Vine Pair. Well, sure. uh, <laughs> the most vocal advocate for beer and food pairing might be Julia Hers. Hers? As the, I'm going to second guess every name I ever read. Because I'm like, you know, I can read this like four ways. Hmm. As the Brew Association's uh, craft beer program director and herself a certified Cicerone, Hertz uh, piloted the craftbeer.com beer and food course with a Culinary Institute of America graduate and a certified Cicerone. She also helped organize Savor. I've actually heard a lot about them. Uh, An annual... Uh, yeah, Saver is the uh, well. It probably says here next, but it's like basically an almost invite-only type of festival. Yeah, uh, it's an annual beer. That, I think there's some pictures in the article from there. Annual beer and food festival that takes place in Washington D.C. in June this year marked the 11th annual Saver, at which some 90 breweries served beers alongside elevated hors d'oeuvres. Think barrel-aged sours and swordfish instead of IPAs and pretzel necklaces, which is but, what we skipped out on tonight going to the Jingle Jams International Beer Fest. But but I like pretzels. Yeah, we all like pretzels every now and then. Uh, so Richard Norgrove, uh, owner and brewmaster of Bear Republic in California, says his family business focused intently on beer and food pairings from the get-go. That model of opening up in a warehouse and pulling a taco truck outside wouldn't have worked 23 years ago. Um, Mm, Bear Republic, which currently operates a brewery in Cloverdale and two brew publications in Hildsburg? Hildsburg. Hildsburg? I'm guessing. I'm just giving the options. Ronert Park is within... Three of Sonoma's major wine-growing regions, Alexander Valley, Dry Creek Valley, and Russian River Valley. Uh, there are so many good Epicurean locations in our town that you can't be—you can't just be a regular brew pub. Uh, these are all quotes from, from Norgrove. 
Norgrove says all Bear Republic employees are encouraged to complete the Cicerone program along with the brewery's own internal Beer 101 training program to better showcase its beer as equal to wine. Instead of trying to compete against wine, uh, we're trying to complement it, Norgrove says. Bear Republic has won several awards for its wine selection. For many years, we were the anomaly. Uh, and we started talking about this uh, yesterday when we were looking through some of these stories. But uh, the Brewer's Table, a new brewery and restaurant in Austin, Texas, is putting yeah. a high-end beer-soaked slant on its culinary program as well. Its menu highlights beer and food pairings and incorporates beer into its recipes with uh, intended ingredients like vegetables picked in wort. Pick, picked in wort? What, does it mean pickled? Maybe. Probably. I'm thinking yeah. they're meaning pickled. Uh, dried Picked a pike of pickled peppers. <laughs> dried yeast pepper, uh, black pepper with brewing yeast, hop salt, and raw beer for finishing sauces. This sounds amazing, and if only you all could see this glorious picture of rabbits hanging, being smoked. Oh, it's <laughs> so good. Uh, obviously, we're all aware of wine programs' role in traditional restaurants. For all of time, pretty much, uh, Zach Hunter, executive chef at the Brewer's Table, says there's almost always been a wine list, wine cellar, and sommelier. You don't ever see that with beer. Hunter and his colleagues hope to change that. He has worked with uh, Michelin-starred restaurants like, I don't Mugartes in Spain? I don't know how to say any of these. We'll just say big, big Michelin-starred restaurants. <laughs> Uh, I hope that we set a tone and inspire those around us to adopt those programs into their beverage programs. Uh, It makes for more dynamic experience by having both beer and wine. We're able to capture a wider audience and really create an experience that can be for everyone. You know what I want to see out of this? I want to see the Cicerones and sommeliers getting into a fight at the (laughs) table about what they're going to get you to drink. Fist fights. You just... Whoever wins gets to give you whatever they're selling. I've seen the Cicerones. They're winning. (laughs) (laughs) I've watched the documentaries. Are you saying their beards alone could beat the sommeliers? Well, I mean, male or female (laughs) beards, either one. (laughs) No, the sommeliers are girly men. Let me just say. I've seen the documentary. (laughs) So, at the brewer's table, uh, front-of-house staff are required to study in the Cicerone program to become certified beer servers. Uh, Hunter estimates about 90% of his kitchen staff is also certified. It gives them a better understanding as cooks of the ingredients of beer, uh, the different nuances and styles, why we choose different beers to cook and pair with. Hunter says, on the floor, it gives them uh, a great opportunity not only to recommend great beers to go with our food, but to really give guests an experience they wouldn't be able to find somewhere else. But even the best brew pubs and gastro pubs are, for the most part, not hiring Cicerones. While sommelier certification is a requirement for many wine uh, carers, uh, beer industry vets aren't seeing as much of a need for serving certification. In fact, for some, the concept is maybe a little cheesy. It's kind of like going to bartending school. You don't have experience. You just have a piece of paper, uh, says Kristen uh, Colgrove, bar manager at Haymaker Bar and Kitchen, one of New York's most popular gastropubs. Running this business, I haven't run across too many people uh, who have it on their resume. (laughs) If he did... 
I'm of the mind Cicerone is uh, uh, Cicerone is definitely. Uh, I've looked at the exam. Um, I'm not taking. I'm not paid any money to this group or anything like that. They've not paid anything to me. But the Cicerone exam is definitely more than just a something that you would get with experience. It's learning about the styles. It's learning about. I mean, you could get it from doing your own research, yes, but it's sort of a baseline that if you were hiring somebody in that had been a bartender at a high-volume restaurant but didn't really know beer that well, hmm. this is what you would send them to in order to get them up on on par with a beer restaurant and a beer-forward uh, menu. Mm. I, I mean, it would be helpful. I, I just, like... I don't know. I just think when I'm I'm usually asking, you know, I don't take my 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 beer pairings, I guess, too much into what I'm I'm eating. I probably should. And but. it's and it's not just beer pairings. It's knowing okay, this beer is a uh, so they the the Cicerone program has a commercial on some other beer podcasts out there, and I think it puts it in in a very good setup here. It's the guy that's coming to your table to serve you a beer or the bartender that you're talking to and you're trying to figure out, is this beer a – the one that they talk about is it, – it's called a Hefeweizen on the menu. But is it a German Hefeweizen or is it an American wheat beer? Mm. Does it have banana and clove or does it have very neutral uh, phenols and esters and have more of a hop-forward aroma? And – you could know that by tasting the beer, but you don't necessarily know I should be looking for this without having a lot of the the education that's related to it. Hmm. Yeah, uh, I've got to agree. They do go on uh, talking to more people here. Um, they have a brief interview with the first female Cicerone. And uh, she's even saying after leaving the brewing world behind for a corporate world uh, about not seeing the value in the Cicerone program or it's not, not seeing the value in it, but it might be <sighs> pompous. Isn't the word, but like you're saying, it is a, there is a more grounded to the person that's at the table taking your order and that can help you with it. I did even for someone like me, I kind of don't care if it's, you know, an imported style versus, an American, like the American wheat beer, yeah, it's not going to have the banana and clove and all this. I'm going to kind of get that when I see who's brewing it. I'm going to, like, if you're to the but, point that that matters to you, you're going to be able to look at the name and you're going to know. Not necessarily, because even an American brewery can change their yeast. And even between the two yeast styles that they're using, they could, an American brewery could name it a Hefeweizen and it not be a Hefeweizen. And so knowing exactly what you're going to get on the end. And that bartender can give you a sample of something, and you kind of know exactly what, what you're getting then. But at the same time, uh, the, the Cicerone program in general is being able to say when that, that person's sitting across the bar from you and they're wanting to know more about this beer, they've got the knowledge to say, oh, yeah, this is a Hefeweizen because it uses this strain of yeast and it, because it does this inside the brewing process, this is what they're doing. Whereas a normal bartender would be like, I don't I mean like here I'll just give you a sample of it and you can you can kind of figure out if you like it or not. And so the Cicerone's able to upsell people mm. and say so, yeah. oh yeah, let me get you this one cuz I think you'll really like it and it could be a 
much pricier. Yeah. If you're serving Cantillon across the t- across the bar, you better have somebody back there that can explain to the person why they're buying a forty-five dollar beer right. uh, versus a six dollar beer. Yeah. So okay, that's I think that's where it's going to hit it is if you're doing something really upscale where you're pairing something like that, then you yep. completely need a cicerone doing and i would expect it if you're if you're at a restaurant that has cantillon they're coming out with bottles of cantillon oh yeah that i would like someone <laughs> to come out and fully explain oh no no um if you're doing whatever this meal is you would want to do this instead yeah and it's not cheap the master cicerone exam which is the highest level it's like level four because you start off at the beer server and then you go up the exam cost alone is a thousand dollars for the master cicerone wow. And you're required to score an 85% or above to pass that exam. Yeah, no, I'm not uh, not going for that one. Well, so yeah. at least you're you're working for it. Like, that shows, like, you're going to have some knowledge by the end of that. Oh, yeah. Completely. And, uh, uh, you get a really cool lapel pin to put on your outfit, too, whenever sure, you, sure. you pass the exam. So. Go out all the time. Yeah. How many um, how many people at uh, judging you've been to recently, Casey, <laughs> wear their Cicerone lapel pin? I haven't been to judging's in... Well, the let me take one. that back. I, I went to a professional judging, but all those none of those folks were cicerones. They were brewers or assistant brewers or salespeople. The last uh, judging event I went to, so none of them were were up on that end. Um, once you get towards Chicago, Washington D.C., New York, and L.A., those are your big cities for finding cicerones. Um, and used to, I'm looking right now to see. No, that is not where it is. Um, used to you could look up the list of all Cicerones in the United States and find a, yeah, there's a directory still on Cicerone.org and you can see exactly where all those Cicerones are located um, throughout the world, actually. Um, And so if we went to the United States, there are, um, looks like 100,000, almost 100,000, 95,000 people who are at some point on the the scale so most of them are going to be um certified beer servers so the low end like a hundred dollars 250 bucks something like that Mm -hmm. um whenever you look at the master cicerones and you look at the very high end of of the cicerones that are out there they're they're very much an elite group and i think you're looking at less than 50 people um i'm trying to to narrow it down right now la and new york um, and there were, and you know, there were a few, so there are 13, 13 master Cicerones in the world or in the U S um, San Francisco, California, uh, you, you're looking at California, Pennsylvania, Chicago, and New York. Yeah. And there's like one in Kansas, Kansas. city, Missouri. The hell are um, they doing in Kansas? Kansas city, Missouri. Sorry. Yeah. And, not Kansas. Yeah. And let me tell you the mass vast majority of those folks that are master Cicerones work for one company. Uh, sorry, let me rephrase that. Two companies, because it's it's they, they seem like one. Anheuser-Busch mm. and Miller Coors. Really? That's yeah. weird. Yeah. The, About half. The two companies that don't really require a Cicerone to distinguish between the products. Yeah, not so much. Well... I mean, you may need to be a Cicerone to distinguish between... <laughs> you're, you're just looking at water chemistry at that point, you know. Yeah. Uh, but those folks are are coming through with with the Master Cicerone certification, um, working in those large breweries. The others uh, come from the brewery, 
Rich Higgins Consultant a la Beer. Go figure. The Beer Maestro, Maestro, and uh, the Cicerone program. So, um, 13 Master Cicerones and only 81 level 3 advanced Cicerones. Wow. Austin, Texas has a few of those, by the way. (laughs) All right. Well, uh, with uh, tastings on the rise... Uh, and Cicerone's on the rise. Let us plebes just keep to untapped. Get riggedy, riggedy, All right. Well, first up, we've got a badge, timely badge, uh, World Pint 2018. The World Cup is back after four long years. Need to find somewhere to watch it this year. Uh, I don't have it playing all the time at work now. Uh, Mm -hmm. and the world is getting ready to come together and cheer for their favorite country and enjoy great beer Uh, of course uh, there are 32 countries playing for this year's trophies which will you be rooting for to celebrate we have a brand new vision of our world pint badge ready for you to do uh, to unlock to unlock it check into any beer from two different participating world cup countries between June 14th and July 15th there's a list down below some of these will be difficult because you've got Argentina, Colombia, Egypt, uh, Iceland. Where you can get the Adopt Iceland badge as well, I believe. It's true. Iceland, you can get the... the and speaking of which, as a listener and friend of the show, uh, Jim, had to point out, you can get Icelandic beers uh, stateside. And even around Cincinnati, there are a couple available. Hmm. Well, aren't... You guys just the dickens. Uh, I have not found any. Wait. On this list is Saudi Arabia. Aren't they alcohol-free? I think Saudi Arabia and Iran are on the list because they are World Cup countries, not because they are... There are beers that you can get from those countries. Yes. (laughs) Uh, But also Mexico, Peru, Sweden, Australia, Costa Rica, England, probably the easiest one. Yeah. or Ireland, maybe. Go get a Newcastle and a Guinness. Yeah. Ireland, I don't think, made it this time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Costa Rica, Australia, uh, Poland, Morocco, Senegal, Switzerland, Belgium, Croatia, France, Japan. That's the easiest. France. Belgium. Oh, Belgium, yeah. So you could, you. We'll, we'll get to it in a minute, but you could two birds with one stone. Yeah. Uh, Japan, Nigeria, Portugal, Serbia, Tunisia, Brazil, Denmark, Germany, South Korea, Panama, Panama, uh, Panama. Russia, uh, Russia, Spain, and uh, uh, Uruguay. Uruguay. Panama. Do Do you want Panama to win just so you can just be shouting Panama during the? I would just be running in the streets, just screaming. <laughs> if, if Panama wins the World Cup, we need to just take to the streets and just go Panama. <laughs> Okay, so uh, moving on to the next badge, we have uh, a, something from Trogues. It's a uh, hashtag find the giant. Found him. <laughs> uh, this is Nimble Giant from Trogues. It begins its life in the... Oh, that's a grammatical error. It, sorry. Uh, oh, it's been a while. <laughs> it's untapped. This is what they do. It, it, I see it and my brain just short circuits for a minute. Next uh, up, Grammar Nazi <laughs> has issue with undead Nazis. <laughs> Oh, uh, anyway, sorry. Uh, begins its life in the hop fields where fresh Simcoe, Mosaic, and Azaka are plucked and brought back to the brewery. Ah, okay, there's a can of it. 
Uh, once there, the hops are added to the boil using an innovative hopping technique dubbed the hop cyclone, which coaxes... Not to be confused with the hop torpedo. <laughs> because I was for a minute, I was like... Patented oh, and copied, like, I, they've got all the stuff done. Like, no, Sierra Nevada was just like, no, you can't call it that. Yeah. Uh, it says it coaxes the grapefruit, honeysuckle, and pineapple notes from the hop oils throughout the entire take. After precisely timed dry hopping, the end result is the beautifully bold Nimble Giant. It says the process for creating Nimble Giant really just boils down to a simple formula. Ingredients plus people plus process. I don't you, want my beer to have people in it. You heard it here first. Nimble Giant is people. Soylent it's beer. People! <laughs> Uh, enjoy the results and you'll be rewarded with a new badge. Check into one Nimble Giant uh, from Trogues between June 13th and July 13th. So you got a month at least. Um, it was just a few days ago. So yeah, you'll unlock the hashtag find the giant badge. So it's like this particular untapped badge description. They just discovered the comma. <laughs> <laughs> And and common. then found the apostrophe in the wrong place yeah. because that's not well, how you do it. It's just a misplaced it's. comma. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It get, went up instead of down. Uh, every time I see it's with the apostrophe or or apostrophes used for plural, I just die. Inside. I can't help but think you had the chance to bring this up to the man who could fix these kind of problems, yep. and yep. you and I was like, I you, you were the one I had nominated. You were going to be the I one know. in the interview, and then at the last thing I'm you just go, saying, can you I do it? I feel like they could, they, I'm just saying they could put all of their stuff into at least a Word doc. Yeah. yeah. And then just paste it over. Well, it wouldn't recognize My, the it's thing, though. You know? Yeah, it does. <laughs> there, I've, got the a, I've got a software for work that'll do the, what's it called? Like the one that'll do like common mistakes too. Oh. <sighs> <Nice>. <sighs> yeah. Like it, it, there are things that'll like show like, oh, you've made the, you've done the dumb grammar thing, but we'll fix it for you. Yeah. Here. Is that it? No, no that's, that's, that's called it. Skype. Yeah. I mean, I've got something that'll do that. They're using Tumblr for their blog. So it's not Grammarly. like. Grammarly. <laughs> oh, Grammarly. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I don't. Just, I don't even know. Don't know. Ten bucks a month or something. This is probably more than what they're paying for the person that's filling these things out. Yeah, they actually, <laughs> uh, again, from the interview, found out a lot of it is volunteer work. So, yeah. <laughs> I volunteer to fix your grammar. Freaking stop this, guys! <laughs> Looking at you, <laughs> you are monsters. Have you have you got contact info? Has Gnome got contact info? We need to call these folks up. I don't know. <laughs> Well, hopefully these folks aren't in Russia. <laughs> well, you know, I think that every day. <laughs> because, yeah, that's exactly right. Um, so uh, from Russia with passion is the new badge. It says actually Russia Football Club, Cup 2018. No one stays indifferent. <laughs> that's in Soviet Russia. You cheer for us. <clears throat> On June 14th, the world will join together. That's why you come to have a drink show. We bring the Yakov Smirnoff jokes. <laughs> uh, the world will join together to cheer for their favorite country, which better be Russia, as the 2018 World Cup kicks off. This year's tournament will take place in Russia, and great pubs throughout the country want to invite locals and visitors alike to enjoy great beer during the games. You'll find an epic atmosphere in stadiums and good beer at the best country bars. Hmm. I wonder what they mean by that. Uh... uh... 
that is the country the best or the know. country bars the best is it in the country or is it in a country hmm. i don't know but world may i'm never pretty know. I'm pretty sure there's a shirtless man riding a horse staring at us right now. Oh, boy. <laughs> um, while you're cheering for victory on the pitch, V for victory, may, be sure to check in and unlock, unlock a new badge. All you have to do is check into any one beer at a participating venue listed between June 14th and July 15th. Again, World Cup dates from and earn the From Russia with Passion badge. So if you just so happen to be in Soviet Russia. Don't be listening to this podcast. <laughs> you happen to be in Soviet Russia. You can listen to this podcast. I don't mind. I'm curious how you're getting podcasts from the 19 from like at least the 1980s. Well, you know, it's, it's, it's not the way the Soviet oh, time travel works. <laughs> Uh, but participating venues include those in Moscow, St. Petersburg, uh Nizhny Novgorod, Novgorod, uh Kazan, Sochi. Hey, you know, if you're there during the Olympics, too, maybe you can do that. Uh, Samara Rostov-Ondon and a few more that uh, I'm not going <laughs> go to check out the that are definitely there. Yep. <laughs> so just go look at the badge. <laughs> uh, but you got to get it from Russia. So I guess I do like your IP bas- address. Basically, if maybe. you're, if you're there do- for the uh, World Cup, you know, go I for it. I do like that they have the Cyrillic spelling next to it. Yeah. Like, you know, oh. I don't know what that letter is at all. Oh, not our alphabet. Nope. Makba. You look at it and you're like, Moscow um, in the Cyrillic. I'm pretty sure that's a pound symbol. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, why is there a six in the middle of one of your words? <laughs> all right. Well, uh, let's keep this international theme going with uh, Asahi. World's finest malted barley is just one of the ingredients that gives Asahi super dry its unique taste. Crisp dry. Super dry? Super dry. And never lingering on the palate. The taste you experience with Asahi uh, super dry is called Karakuchi? Karakuk? <laughs> I, I don't know how to say it. Karakuchi. Karakuchi. Uh, hops, yeast, rice, and barley from suppliers in Japan and beyond are used in the restless pursuit to create something uniquely Japanese. Uh, the word keizen means uh, the Kaizen. restless pursuit of continuous improvement in Japan. Kaizen. Yeah. Kaizen. Kaizen. Uh, in Japan, and it's a it, philosophy. Yep. It comes from, uh, well, we got it on our side from Toyota, oh. uh, our side of the pond. Oh. Um, because. It's not- the Pacific's not the pond. Well, there is a pond. It's the Pacific Ocean. <laughs> At Asahi, uh, Super Dry is the only way we brew beer. Experience the uniqueness with Asahi Super Dry, and you'll unlock a brand new badge. All you need to do is check into one Asahi Super Dry between 61118 and 71118. Hey, month. You get a month on all these badges. That's pretty great. 711. Mm-hmm. Uh, Find your Asahi. In 7-Eleven. Yeah. For the ultimate pair. Buy 7-Eleven. So there's the old... In 7-Eleven, buy 7-Eleven. The twofer that you can do. So you can get uh, this badge. Go get an Asahi Super Dry. And that's going to get you this badge and get you in the running for the the World Cup badge. Oh, yeah. Get you three badges when, badge. you are, when you order an Asahi in Moscow. <laughs> oh, yes. Uh, there you go. While, you know... Boom! Get, you, get the, three badges at once. I would say it's fresher there too. Yeah, three birds mm. with one stone, right there. You just got to get that plane ticket. 
<laughs> that's where they get you. Is yeah, there there's the cost right there. Yeah, that's the you can't catch them all with these badges now. <laughs> you can try. Give us that old college try. Speaking of giving it that old college try, well, before we do that, uh, if you'd like to add us on Untapped, since we're speaking of it, uh, you can find me at Walker X42. Uh, you can find me now at Wanyam. Easier to say. <laughs> I don't know if it is or not. Spell it. Spell it. You got to spell it for the people. I spelled it like it's like I've jokingly had it pronounced. <laughs> J U A N Y A M. One yam. <laughs> you better get him on that one before he changes it again. But you can always get me at Casey Price. And I'm at Spice and Hoppy, though I'm just not on there for a while. <laughs> Sad face. All right. Now. <laughs> it's 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 torture just to watch us check into things we like. Kind of. Pretty sure she uninstalled it. Uh, Probably a good. <laughs> topic I mean, time. You may have a new phone by that point. Hmm. not that truck. Maybe we are. I don't know. All right. So um, let's face it. We all know of a few fictional brands, and I'm sure some of you will be shouting out something that we missed. Hmm. But uh, we're going to try to go over some of the more recognizable ones uh, from various tv movies and and the like uh for some of the the i don't know those those copyright free brands let's say yeah the ones that don't necessarily come along with the uh the hassle of having to uh deal with lawyers the ones that they don't pay you for right Uh, also the ones they don't sue you for when you make fun of indeed uh so first off is uh Heisler, he's I I don't watch I it's Heisler. I don't watch it's always sunny so like I've only watched like two episodes of it. Uh, today we're going to start with a brand that spans many universes and decades. Okay, so maybe it's not just them, but I've not seen any of the things we're mentioning. So uh, such shows as it's always funny, Stranger Things, Workahol- Workaholics, and uh, Training Day. Uh, Look, it's just in damn near everything. Speaking, of course, of Heisler, it such a fic- uh, such a popular fictional brand, it became to know became to be known as the Bud Light of fake beers. Heisler was created sometime in the late '90s by Studio Graphics, a division uh, of independent studio services. ISS yeah. <laughs> is a Hollywood prop house that works in everything from taxidermied animals to fake guns. Are we sure they don't work for Brewdog? Yeah, that's a good. One. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the ISS portfolio of fictional brands includes the likes of Cervezas Clara, a favorite of the study group community, uh, the Jekyll Island, seen on both Lost and Decker, uh, Dex- Dexter, and a slew of others: uh, Bilson, uh, Pinsberg, Habernkern, Habernkern, yeah. uh, O'Farren, and even the straightforward Premium Light. Ooh. Uh, if some of those names seem vaguely familiar, it's no accident. Uh, Marvin Man- uh, Mancia? Mancia. I'm going to go with that. Uh, who manages, Mancia. Who st- uh, manages studio graphics, the division of ISS responsible for creating these beers, says that, that the TV studios often ask them to design something that looks or sounds like an existing beer, but it's just different enough to avoid potential legal issues. <laughs> uh 
the details of how Heisler was born uh, are a little harder to pin down. The company's design uh, are a col- uh, designs are a collaborative effort, effort of multiple designers, which is why after 20 years, the Heisler's uh, origin story is a bit of a mystery. No, just just the fact that it's been going on so long and nobody knows where it comes from. Well, mm. it's hard to pinpoint the first time Heisler appeared on TV. Could have been created uh, for one project or multiple, since ISS works on multiple uh, upwards of a hundred uh, projects at once. The old timers also can't remember where the name Heisler comes from, though it's probably come from somebody's name. Possibly one of the longest running jokes on TV. Uh, Studio <laughs> Graphics is. Uh, the only one is laughing all the way to the bank now, since, now since they also own the Heisler brand. <laughs> so what kind of beer is uh, Heisler? The original Heisler Gold Ale, Heisler Light, and the vintage Heisler for, uh, uh, for shows set in the 40s through 80s. But uh, there hasn't been any huge changes to the original red label. All so shows set from the 40s to the 80s, those are shows that are cur- contemporary shows, but, but then they set, set oh, back. Yeah, 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 they do a flashback, or the show yeah. is just set back then, and they will. They have Heisler labels that are set to look like traditional beer labels from those times, so right. that they can it's like just be like, no, the same beer all the way back. <laughs> so uh, there haven't been any changes to the original red label. Uh, all of this makes it easy for uh, easy to spot once you know what you're looking for. As for liquid in the bottles, it's O'Doul's. <laughs> that's that's disheartening. That's unfortunate. <laughs> uh, the fact that most actors choose to just put high school labels on cans of soda or water since the taste of O'Doul's can get old <laughs> pretty fast. <laughs> I yeah, would think so. if you're not pouring it out in a glass, I guess. So yeah, that's uh, the so main what? thing is uh, they don't uh, the company ISS uh, they don't produce like they're not a brewer. So they don't make yeah. beer. Oh, yeah. uh, they all they are making are labels. So they are buying cans and bottles of O'Doyle's and putting and slapping a sticker label over it. That's all they're doing. Yeah. So on they're set, they're a prop company for yeah. all intents and purposes. On set, uh, they can just slap those labels on anything. So why is stocking a TV character's fridge with beer that doesn't even exist necessary? Well, real-world breweries pay big bucks for their brands to be represented on the screen. It cost Heineken reported $45, $45 million, sorry, million dollars to get James Bond to forgo his trademark vodka martini for one of the brewery's stubby green bottles in the 2012 movie Skyfall. Which is interesting because in the books, he's a champagne guy. He is. Yeah. He goes with uh, uh, Tettinger, Tettinger? Yeah. Tettinger champagne? Yeah, and Smirnoff is the one who started it all with the original movies way back when with the huge deal. They're like, no, he's going to have a vodka martini, and you're going to show the Smirnoff bottle prominent even if you don't say it. Yeah. Uh, Well, even the money behind the product placement is substantial. It's often more trouble than it's worth because beer, which has been known on occasion to get people drunk, silly things. Often uses a plot device that breweries might approve, might not approve of. So you know, when your main character blacks out, <laughs> yeah, maybe you don't want that associated with, with your product. I don't know. I'm not a doctor. Well, and nowadays, regulations say that you can't actually show in a commercial somebody actually drinking it. You can pour it in a glass, but then watch your commercials. Nobody actually ever takes a drink of whatever the alcoholic beverage is. Yeah. 
It's just a whole lot of a uh, whole lot of glasses just sitting there staring at you, going, "Okay." <laughs> it's just amazing that it you don't often look at what when it's just these background thing because the Heisler is a background kind of brand, so you don't pay that much attention to it. Although now I'm kind of going to be looking for it, <laughs> especially knowing that a bunch of shows that I watch have featured it. So it's like, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. You never really pay attention to the labels on the beer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's something like I was like, no, I'm going to have to go find it. <laughs> I wonder if you can find Heisler beer, like, in movie, uh, like... They sell it. The, do they? Yes, uh, ISS or whatever, whichever branch uh, sells I, yeah. it. You can buy it on Amazon. Uh, they, in one of the articles okay. they mentioned, they just sold a six-pack for, like, over $50 to someone in New Zealand. Wow. And it's all you're getting are bottles of O'Doyle's with, with, the, label on with the Heisler label on them. That's yeah. all they're shipping to you. <laughs> mm. But all right, uh, let's start breaking into some actual brands that you are going to recognize because these uh, have been developed over many a year. So we'll start with what is undoubtedly the biggest. We're going to start with Duff. Duff, Duff is man. yeah, Duff is Homer Simpson's beer of choice in The Simpsons. It's a parody of stereotypical mass market American lager. Cheap, poor quality, and heavily marketed. <laughs> Duff has had many slogans, but the longest running is "Can't get enough of that wonderful Duff." Their spokesperson <laughs> not is, a bad slogan. Yeah, no, uh, their spokesperson is Duffman, a parody of Budweiser's '70s area mascot, Budman. He is a I never saw Budman. Uh, he is a muscular, bleach blonde, well tanned man with whitened teeth who wears a blue leotard and cape. Uh, red duff beer ball cap, mirror sunglasses, and utility belt full of cans of duff beer. He speaks in a loud and overly enthusiastic staccato <laughs> voice like a radio DJ or beer commercial pitch man and does a lot of exaggerated physical movements like a male exotic dancer, like dancing in place, groin thrusting, hip shaking, and rubbing his butt with a towel. I was going to say, there's a lot of pelvic thrusts out of the Duff Man. Yeah, Let you... me also say, Budman, the number one link on uh, Google, whenever you search for it, is for a marijuana delivery service in Orange County, California. <laughs> oh, fantastic. <laughs> I mean, I guess good job on the name. but Oh, right? so, um, yeah, it's when you go back and start watching uh, Duff Man clips, when, no, like when you hear that, that you're like, no, yeah, he's doing a lot of that. I didn't pay a whole lot of attention before. <laughs> a lot of pelvic thrusting from Duffman. Uh, there are apparently many identical Duffmen. However, like Mall Santas, they never appear at the same place at the same time to not delusion the kids. Uh, or disillusion the kids. Some of the actors who... Not to dilute the, the kids yeah. drinking, drinking Duff. <laughs> Some of the actors who play him have actually died, presumably from alcohol-related causes. Their demises were never acknowledged because the character of Duffman is unaging and immortal. As like in the show, yeah, not, yeah, uh, yeah. This okay. is in the because Simpsons. it's it's like three deep on this one. You've got the character of Duffman, 
then you've got the character in the show that plays Duffman, and then you've got the character that voices the character in the show that plays Duffman. Yeah. It, <laughs> so th- there's a couple layers here. Look, yeah. sometimes sometimes you have to stop partying. <laughs> <laughs> Never. So uh, at public appearances, he is often flanked by a random pair of beautiful, scantily clad women who act as arm candy, backup dancers, and assistants. While Duff Beer uh, comes in several varieties, it is revealed on a Duff Brewery tour in the episode Duffless that uh, regular Duff, Duff Light, and Duff Dry are the same beer, although Homer and Barney (laughs) apparently remain oblivious to the fact. And it's great. You can find that. There's a clip of it on YouTube. You can find it. It just shows uh, one pipe coming down into all the kegs. It comes down and splits off into all the different things with the labels, but it's all still coming from, obviously, the one pipe. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Matt Groening has stated that he will not license the Duff trademark to brew an actual beer over concern that it would encourage children to drink. However, Well... Go ahead, sorry. I would say, however, there have been a few notable cases of individual companies and persons who have used the term Duff Beer with varying success, meaning with no success, because Fox sues them into the effing ground. Hmm. Well, and my thought is that even before, if if he were to license the beer name, uh, it wouldn't go over quite too well with the TTB. They would they would probably say no no you you can't do that. Um, it's all international, so uh, pretty much every other um, everything else we talk about for the rest of the show, craft breweries like you will find dozens with the exact same named beer. Some using the exact same logos, but when it comes to Duff Fox is super vigilant and immediately <laughs> no one like craft wise pretty much no one has tried. Everyone just. Walks away, they throw their hands up, we're not even going to mess with that. But internationally, Australia, there was a Duff beer for many years. Uh, I think, I can't remember what other countries, Germany had one for a while, but it's all international. These companies will put out a Duff beer, not using the exact same logo, but it'll fly for a few years until Fox gets wind of it, and then Fox dumps tons of money to make it go away. Now, we do have uh, one exception to the stereotypical... You know, bleached. <laughs> oh yes, uh, in a the standard Duff Man, Duff Man appearance. In a, in a recent, I don't know how recent season, Homer has become Duff Man, and in it's great. So they're they're setting up the backstory for how Homer has become Duff Man, and they show this like two. It's the opening to Game of Thrones, only oh. it's not. It's this nothing but Duff. Yeah, it's just like the cog wheels and everything, but it's all like Duff bottle caps and Duff bottles <laughs> falling over, and it's fantastic. But then we have Homer being sworn in as Duff Man. Now my Duff watch begins. It shall not end until my death, or my thirteen-week option is not picked up. I shall take no wife, hold no lands, and father no <laughs> children except for the wife and house and kids I'm already stuck with. I shall wear no other beer's crowns. I am the six-pack hidden in Daddy's secret cabinet. I put the fest in Oktoberfest and sell for eight bucks at ballparks, though I have nothing to offer but my son's head and beers and promotional cozies for this night and all the nights to come. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> you have to see the whole video. It's fantastic. 
So again, that is a rough outline of Duff because they since episode one, Duff has been around. And when was when did the Simpsons start airing? Like nineteen eighty nine. Nineteen eighty eight. Eighty eight. Okay, it was off the by beginning year. of time. It, it started out. It started out on the Tracy Ullman show yeah. in nineteen eighty seven, but it got its own show a year, maybe two later. So maybe eighty nine, but it's most likely eighty eight. Skip all the Tracy Ullman stuff. It's terrible. Just. Maybe halfway through season one, and then you can start, and then it gets bearable. All right, well, uh, let's continue on through this list. Uh, next up is one that is very near and dear to our hearts. Uh, Schnitz and Giggle. So, oh. Schnitz and Giggle is the name given to the beer brewed in Beer Fest. The recipe is discovered oh. after some roughhousing and is later described as the greatest beer in all the world. Surprised that 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 wasn't queued up. No, so there are pretty much no clips Harder that to we find could than play. You think. Yeah, there's pretty much nothing for any of these. Uh, there are some of the schnitz and giggle. They, however, get a little expletive. Pretty much no, everything we could find, that's how it gets. Uh, so rather than just, we would be loading these up just to censor them to death. Hmm. So we just did. <laughs> Fair. Uh, since uh, we all can't take a U-boat to a landlocked Colorado <laughs> and pay a visit to the brew pub from the movie, we'll just have to keep imagining how good it really is. Or do we? Prob- it seems countless breweries have used the name for a variety of different beers, but mostly for Oktoberfests. You can simply take I mean, a trip. Probably, I was going to say, it's probably better than like a, a, a light strawberry lager. <laughs> that, that one's only... Okay. Okay. So, yeah, uh, if you can just go to Untapped and put in uh, Schnitz and Giggle, and there's like a million Meritsons and Oktoberfest style beers that are named Schnitz and Giggle. Most of them using the logo from the movie because <laughs> Broken Lizard doesn't care. <laughs> they don't. Yeah. Like, I don't see them being like real like, copyright hawks. <laughs> yeah, we're going to make this beer. You can't have the label. Ain't happening. <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, so next up, um, kind of another uh, recognizable one. If you've ever seen a single episode of Family Guy, <laughs> um, this is Pawtucket Patriot Ale. Um, so Pawtucket Patriot Ale is the local brand um, of beer in Quahog, Rhode Island, brewed at Pawtucket Pat's Brewery. It's this is a lot of peas, guys. Uh, it's it's Peter's <laughs> drink of choice. Its symbol, the Pawtucket Patriot, appears on the label and and in advertising. The name Pawtucket comes from the town with the same name. It's later revealed in a Willy Wonka mirror episode that Pawtucket Patriot Ale is brewed by a Willy Wonka character known as Pawtucket Pat, who gives a fantastical tour of the brewery. Advertising for Pawtucket... He takes him to a a land of pure pure (laughs) inebriation. Uh, advertising for Pawtucket Patriot Ale includes a TV advert, a TV advert with hot women sunbathing, putting sun lotion on each other, and talk, taking their bikini bras off with the motto, "If you buy it, hot women will have sex with you in your backyard." <laughs> All right then. Uh, in the episode "The Simpsons Guy," it's discovered that Pawtucket Patriot Ale is just Duff beer with a new label pasted on it. Despite, that is unsurprising. Yeah, <laughs> despite Judge Fred Flintstone finding they are both an imitation of his Bud Rock, 
The Pawtucket <laughs> Brewery loses the copyright infringement case and faces being closed until it's found that the Simpsons characters don't want to bother coming to Quahog to shut it down. <laughs> How did I miss this episode? They did a Simpsons Family Guy crossover, and that was oh. the, all the Family Guy characters go to Springfield, and then the Springfield characters refuse to go back to Quahog for the lawsuit. So, like, everyone just forgets it and moves on. But I thought it was interesting to bring up in the clips when we were trying to find clips to play with these and couldn't find anything that we could actually play. Um, there is a tour at Duff where, uh, what was it? Ah, oh, now I forgot. It's something, it's some kind of light beer with water added is the recipe for Duff. <laughs> because I mean, he's talking, he's like, they come up to a safe and they're like, what's in the safe? And they're like, oh, that's the original recipe for Duff beer. <laughs> And it's such a complicated uh, combination to the safe that no one could ever figure it out. And that time, Maggie has figured it out. And then the door swings open. Right. And Maggie reaches in and hands the recipe to Bart, who then reads it off. And he's just like, oh, it's this with water added. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. Uh, Next up, uh, something I'm more familiar with just because of how I grew up. (laughs) Uh, This is Romulan Ale. Uh, Another interjection real quick. Yes. Um. It was also brought up that if you watch Deep Space Nine, Heisler is also oh, okay. featured in Deep Space Nine. Really? And, you know, it? I never saw DS9. So, yeah. Uh, DS9's you, great. If you go back and dig through some DS9, you're going to find some Heisler beer in the background. So they made it that far. How? <laughs> See, how do they? Oh, wait. They have time travel episodes, so maybe it's in those. Because I can't see how it's in the regular one because they Synth-a-hall. have Synth-a-hall. Synth-a-hall. Oh, Which, yeah. when we started uh, framing this episode, that's where I was like, how far are we taking this? Are we just going to do <laughs> beer brands or are we going yeah. all alcohol? And it was decided to narrow it down to beer brands. Yeah. Uh, so Romulan Ale. Is that, why, hmm. is, is that why there's no Klingon blood wine? Yes. Uh, that's why <laughs> we left out Klingon blood wine and left out the, um, is it? Victory Vodka from 1984. Oh, yeah. A little Orwellian on you. Yeah. I mean, the, well, the the recipe for this drink may not necessarily <laughs> be beer of sorts. Yeah. No. <laughs> um, so it, it's a highly intoxicating alcoholic beverage of Romulan origin, obviously, with a characteristic blue color, ranging from a pale sky blue to a dark midnight blue. It should be sky blue. Um, <laughs> it took a while to ferment, and Dr. McCoy joked that he used it for med- medicinal purposes. Captain Kirk was able to procure some for his crew and served it at a state dinner with Klingon High Chancellor Gorkin in 2293. When uh, Brigadier Kurla said he thought it was illegal... Kirk Riley noted it was, quote, one of the advantages of being a thousand light years from Federation headquarters. However, the ensuing hangover convinced him to order that uh, that the drink no longer be served at diplomatic functions. <laughs> <laughs> Romulan ale was a challenge if even for species as, species as stout as the Klingons, who were usually quite resistant to the effects of alcohol. After drinking a sizable amount of Romulan ale in celebration of uh, William T. Riker and Deanna Troy's wedding in 2379, Worf, obviously suffering its effects, stated Romulan ale should be illegal. Uh, To which Geordi LaForge replied, it is. (laughs) However, Romulan ale did become legal during the Dominion War, 
where the embargo was lifted as part of the alliance between the Federation and the Romulans. <laughs> that I love that that George is like it is. <laughs> it's like you shouldn't be doing. In fairness, Worf's not a drinker. He likes prune juice. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. A warrior's <laughs> drink. A warrior's drink. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the official Romulan, you know, quote unquote, official uh, Romulan ale recipe makes one 750 milliliter bottle. Roughly. Oh, I thought that said it takes one 750 <laughs> I mean, milliliter bottle. Of what? Why not? Uh, so it's two Whatever. cups. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> two cups of blue uh, curacao. Is that how you say that? Curacao. Okay. Yes. Uh, one cup of clear rum with no flavor or spice, which is sad. Uh, half a cup of grain alcohol. You can substitute vodka um, for that. Uh, half, oh Jesus, Viso Will. What is that? What the hell is that? We had to look that up. It's an energy drink. Yeah, oh. it's a cranberry energy drink of okay. sorts. Yeah. Okay, so it says if you if you don't have that, you can use cranberry lemonade, um, but it will kind of make the color a little off. So uh, you mix that in a sealed bottle, chill until ice cold. Uh, and then it says serve and die. Yeah, serve and die. <laughs> so I would say uh, instead of the Visa Will, uh, you can just get a Romulan Ale energy drink now. Oh. Uh, a lot of uh, larger grocery chains will have that. Some gas stations will have it, and you can just get that and substitute in. That's weird. See, I'm remembering there's a Night Attack episode, or it may have been a post or after show thing, but where Jerry was told during a... Uh, Jerry Bing, Justin Robert Young being told during a uh, Dragon Con, uh, Dragon Con, yeah, uh, that don't party with Klingons. They're they're way too wild. <laughs> like unless you're willing to wake up, you know, bloody and like just destroyed, don't party with Klingons. Apparently, they take their they take their stuff seriously. Well, yeah, true cosplayers. Um. This next one is probably one of my favorites because one of the most notable scenes for me in the 90s is the scene in Desperado. <laughs> this is, uh, it, now is it Chango, Chango? How, how do you say it? Uh, Cerveza Chango. Chango, okay. I figured as much, but okay. Uh, so it's a beer featured in Robert Rodriguez films such as Desperado, From Dusk Till Dawn, and Sin City. The beer is named for Chango, uh, the... Santeria Orisha of Thunder, Lightning, and Gunpowder. You know, um, it's a shady place if they serve Chango. So in Desperado, Chango is a poor quality beer. It's not improved by the fact that the, by the, fact that the staff at Tarasco Bar uh, not only serves it flat and warm, but also pees in each keg. <laughs> so, I mean, when you gotta go. No, it's you've gotta see it. So the, the bar they're talking about, that's there's this whole big scene that if you've never seen Desperado, this there's like a 20-minute bar scene that plays out, and it is absolutely fantastic. Quentin Tarantino comes in, as he always does in a Rodriguez film, playing a bit character. He's always this big, flamboyant character. And it is just like all hell breaks loose in the best possible way. <laughs> And I just said, if no, if you lived through the '90s and didn't see Desperado, I don't know what's going. Like you've messed up your life. You are not <laughs> doing things correctly, and you have to go find out exactly what's in the guitar case. What if you watched El Mariachi? That doesn't work. <laughs> Is it bad? I haven't seen this. No, you've never no, seen it's, Desperado. It's fantastic. No, no, Desperado is actually really fun. Uh, I've it's, never seen it. It's it's El Mariachi plus. 
I don't think I've seen El Mariachi. El Mariachi is what got Robert uh, Robert Rodriguez his his name. It's like yeah. that. It's it's the clerks of action movies. Oh. So it's Robert uh, Desperado is Robert Rodriguez managed to somehow pay Antonio Banderas enough money to be in one of his over the top, overly violent movies. Yeah, no, it's, a, it's great. If you watched, um, what's the follow up one? Okay, can we just say that there's a sex scene with Selma Hayek that'll that'll sell the movie to anyone, yeah, any man? It's like much. no, yeah, topless. Nineties in there. Nineties Selma Hayek. Yes. Well, <laughs> Casey seems unmoved. Okay then. No, fine. I'm but. just laid back here, you know. All right, I'm laid well, back, picturing. Let, Don't worry, we can't pan the I, camera I, down. I got, <laughs> I got a new, uh, I got a new microphone arm, so now I can like lean back in my chair. Oh yeah. So he's with he's with all of us. We all have the same microphone arm now. <laughs> I I created monsters. He did. So what's I have uh, to lean up to get my beer though. <laughs> so what are some brands that might grab Casey's attention since he seems unmoved by the Chongo? Yes, since uh, <clears throat> these are a few from I think a show that we've all seen uh, countless times. Um, <clears throat> you mean all the way through, right? Because I've seen it all the way through like twenty times. Sure. Uh, this is from Futurama. I keep moving the guidepost on that one sitting. Mm-hmm. Um, so the first is, uh, so all three of these are from Futurama. Uh, if you don't know what that is, I'm sorry. Uh, you should go look that up. Again, um, if you don't know what Futurama is and you live to the 90s, you've somehow misused your life. <laughs> so the first is Pabst Blue Robot. Uh, Pabst Blue Robot is clearly a jab at Pabst Blue Ribbon. Uh, the beer in Futurama is brewed for robots and is noted as such by Fry, stating, quote, I can't drink that. The metal shavings make my throat all bloody. Indicating Aww, that he has baby indeed... Baby, Zima? <laughs> he's indeed, indeed tried it before. Um, St. <laughs> Paul... St. Pauli Exclusion Principal Girl. My favorite, like, I, these the are why name. I watched Futurama, or for the, like, out of this world, because they're like, no, we have legitimate mathematicians who write for this show. <laughs> Uh, so this is a reference to the German brewed St. Pauli girl beer, uh, perhaps most well known for their logo featuring a blonde woman in traditional garb. More importantly, it's a reference to the Pauli exclusion principle, a law of quantum physics first described by physicist Wolfgang Pauli, uh, who was Austrian, not German, in 1925. Uh, the principle explains that particles with a certain kind of spin, an intrinsic property of quantum particles, can never occupy the same quantum state. <laughs> there you go, Futurama laying a little on you. Yeah, well, a little bit of a little bit of physics to to help your day go. <laughs> uh, finally, of the Futurama bunch, uh, Lowbrow. Lowbrow is Fry's beers of choice because it has also dots my on it. humor of choice. <laughs> Fair enough, uh, be, because it has dots on it. Exactly, that's the, uh, the umlaut over the O that was what yeah. draws Fry to the beer. Uh, Continued to be served from before he was frozen until after. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's made by AB InBev. <laughs> Probably. Uh, a beer known... survived that weird feudal period that they had. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just like AB InBev will. <laughs> it's, it's like the, the um, cockroach. Uh, so a beard known through the ages from 20th to 30th centuries, lowbrow remains the choice of discriminating consumers. <laughs> Indeed. Well, for those discriminating uh, 
Haas and Pepper Incorporated employee. I was say, Schlemizel, Schlemizel. <laughs> you do have Schott's beer, which make it. <laughs> was the employer of the drink of choice in Laverne and Shirley. This Happy Day spinoff takes place in Milwaukee. Yes, the brewing city, just a few blocks from the real life, once famous Schlitz Brewing Company. Mean- I came close to drinking Schlitz today. <laughs> Just as a homage. You so, mean uh, Miliwake, we... which is Algonquin for the good land. <laughs> so um, can we can we just say that Laverne and Shirley, of all the Happy Day spinoffs, has the best intro? No, it has the it. Yeah, when it comes down to it, the only out of all the spinoffs, Happy Day is the only one with a slightly better intro. Almost and slightly. and really, Laverne and Shirley, that intro. Is truly the beer industry. Like it, it's not just shot on a soundstage. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is they, what needs to happen. No, they also, went to the brewery. They went to that brewery and filmed the intro. Just put some new logos there, <laughs> which look like penises. Yes, but let me say this: Laverne and Shirley need to work for Constellation Brands. <laughs> look, their quality control will make sure there's no glass. Yeah, they were in charge of making sure those glass bottles were free of of glass shards just take them right off the line and drink so them. that yeah. was another clip i wanted to grab from the simpsons when they're at the duff brewery and they're talking to the guy who inspects who does that job oh. and he's just like he's pulling the bottles off as there's stuff and he's like rat thumb good <laughs> good <laughs> mouse yeah mouse <laughs> like pulling him off and then Homer starts talking to him and distracting him, and you're seeing like human heads flying by on the bottling <laughs> line. That's what happened at Constellation. I'm positive. <laughs> but anyways, Schatz is most likely playing off of Schlitz. That would mean it's also an adjunct American lager. Every episode famously opens with the two women making their way to work in the brewery on the bottle capping line. The show capitalized on the rich brewing history of Milwaukee. True to history, Laverne and Shirley lost their jobs due to automation and had to move to California. The brewery later closed because of their um, glass in the bottles. (laughs) The brewery used for external shots during the opening theme was Lake Fruit. Lakefront Brewery in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Which I believe is still open and operational. <laughs> you can go reenact the opening uh, <laughs> scenes. You can't do the interior shots, I'm sure. Like putting the glove on the bottle and waving to it and watching it fly by down the bottling line to screw up all the equipment. <laughs> all right. Next up, you also have St. Anki. St. Anki beer is used in Super Troopers, the movie, for a kegger hosted by some high school kids at the end of the movie. All we ever get is the logo, which seems to play off the St. Bernardus and other Trappist beers. High schooler kids would be drinking this. Um, a number of breweries now make St. They, bro- they broke into Daddy's stash. Apparently. Yeah. Now make St. Anki beer, but none are affiliated with Broken Lizard, of course. Who just don't care. <laughs> yeah, that's... I mean, the Super Troopers sequel was made based off of uh, a Kickstarter. So. Say, for, for those unaware, Broken Lizard is the comedy group that made Super Troopers, that made um, Beer Fest, that made... Uh, what was the other one? Club Dread was another one they did. Club Dread. I was going to say, like, there's that horror movie one. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> And there's the other bad, like, funny one that it wasn't really funny, the Slam and Salmon. Slam and Salmon, yeah, that one. I mean, it was mildly what? funny. Yeah. It made it. it would, the mustache, right? 
It used to, Slam and Salmon used to play on the Secret Stash on Comedy Central when they mm. did that. I think that's the only way I ever saw it, because I wasn't going to go to the movies to see that. <laughs> but no, St. Anki is interesting, because all we ever got was a logo. And when I was trying to do research for this, that's all I could find were people trying to sell t-shirts with the logo. And it's just a monk, like, carrying a gigantic keg of beer on his back. That's all you could find. And they're like, oh, here's pictures of people on the set of Super Troopers 2 wearing uh, St. Anki brewing shirt and i'm like all right that doesn't help me (laughs) (laughs) i wonder if it has any link to the connector type that's used on most uh kegs the sankey adapter it probably is because (laughs) they tend to do that (laughs) they tend to dive deep because that's uh in beer fest uh kevin heffernan right before they started filming uh started reading up on kegerators and that's how he's able to like suddenly improv, like being so impressed uh, by the kegerator they have. She got yeah, with the whatever half barrel capacity. And I'm okay with this actually. <laughs> <laughs> you know what else I'm okay with? Alamo beer. Oh. Uh, Alamo beer. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you were supposed. To- Sorry. Yep. Yeah. I was like, we needed one more yep before that, mm-hmm, but we'll let it go. <sighs> Alamo beer is the name of the fictitious beer brand in King of the Hill universe and the beer which most of the characters are seen drinking. That makes it seem like it's its own separate, like, canon that I need to keep my <laughs> keep track of in my head, much like I keep the DC and uh, Marvel universes. Uh, let's see if there's any crossovers see, in there. You kind of do, actually. <laughs> it is, it is considered to be one of the favorite beers of the series subject hank hill although there is an actual brewing company and a trademark filled in 1994 the for a beer brand named alamo the brands are not in any way affiliated the slogan from the lukewarm headwaters of the mighty brazos river is referenced several several times by hank alamo is also referenced as the winner of the munich beer festival of 1849. <laughs> the name of uh, yeah, this is where you get your past blue ribbon. They won one competition ever. Yeah. What what your uh, keep keep reading? Oh, I you're going to figure out when the uh, Alamo was. Uh, it's either that or when Texas became a state. Ah, uh, gotcha. <laughs> the name of Alamo beer is a direct reference to, of course, the Alamo mission def- defended during the Battle of the Alamo, which is also depicted and referenced in the series. Alamo beer is in many ways referential to the Lone Star beer and Budweiser, both Adolphus Bush beers. Hank references the CEO owner of the company as being Comrade Skip Meinhofer IV. As a reference, most likely to CEO of Anheuser-Busch at the time. Neither, because Texas became a state in 1945, and the Alamo was in, ni- is in 1839. <laughs> so it's been funny if it was in 1939. That would have been much more interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Alamo uses a family dog named Hops as a mascot. I kind of appreciate the fact that they actually understand what goes into beer. Yeah, they, they come out. It's funny because after... Um, there was a whole bunch because there's a whole episode devoted to Alamo beer when uh, they get sick because they uh, have a whole production run that gets tainted with soap. And that's when I want, I was begging Brittany to go find the clip. She's like, they don't say anything about Alamo beer, but it's when they all run because there's no Alamo beer in Texas because they started marketing it in Mexico. So all the beer got diverted to Mexico. It was diverted to Mexico because it was tainted with soap. 
But Hank wouldn't listen to her to not go, so they go to Mexico and get a bunch of Alamo beer and drink it and get sick. And the only one who didn't drink the beer and didn't get sick was, um, uh, who was it? Which one of them? I can't remember. Bo Bauer? No. Uh, but anyway, nope. Hank blames it on the bananas. They got Mexican bananas, and then it's just like him running to the bathroom to throw up. And he's like, damn those Mexican bananas. And <laughs> <laughs> See, I always think of think of it when they have to take like there's like a week where they can't go out and drink beer in their alley oh. and oh. like they finally come it's like a week or a month and you just see that like they they pop it open and you just hear dale go mm. Woo. tolerance is down yeah that's uh <laughs> that's when the alcoholics moved in next door and they oh, had to yeah, start yeah. they were just like drinking iced tea and stuff because they couldn't be in the alley <laughs> drinking beer that was yeah. fantastic, but in that uh, because of that episode at the end, Peggy went to work for Alamo, when she comes back and she knows some company secrets, and she tells them that the original Hops died five years ago and that they had to replace <laughs> him. <laughs> oh my gosh! Well, throughout the series, much like the Megalomart. Alamo beer is used to represent a major beer brand and as such is depicted as being a popular beer and market leader. For a brief time, however, another brand, Highbrow, is also also referenced as an imported beer. Probably (laughs) imported from Oklahoma. (laughs) I mean... If it ain't from Texas, it ain't worth drinking. There is an Alamo beer song that starts, Now that we are here... Sorry. Now that we're here, it's time for a beer. What could be more apropos? Alamo, Alamo, my one true amigo. I feel like they missed an opportunity for that song to be like, you know, like now that we're here, it's time for a beer. Deep yeah. in the heart of <laughs> Texas. Texas. <laughs> yeah, they kind of missed it on point. that one. But Alamo, that was another one that I was able to find. I was surprised at how much I was able to find, but also disappointed at the clips that we weren't able yeah. to find. It's just like we're, we're, every episode Hank mentions Alamo. We're like, big King of the Hill people, I think. Yeah. Which is like unfortunate. I still love the King of the Hill episode. Like I'll never forget because I really hate Peggy, um, <laughs> yeah. his wife. But, Who doesn't? Yeah. But uh, there's this episode where they go to Phoenix. I think it's to visit his mom. <laughs> and she was like, this is the, this is a, a punishment from God or something like that. No, it's like, it's, or, this, this city is, is a testament to, to man's, man's arrogance. arrogance. Yeah, it was like because it was so hot, and she was like, "This is this isn't right." It's like it's it's like 115 degrees. And then we have friends being like, "You should move to Phoenix with us," and we're like, "No, I don't want to live on the surface of the sun. I don't like raking rocks. I like grass. I like greenery." Oh, oh Lord. Well, you know one place that I would not want to go? That's right. <laughs> Ohio. Ohio. In addition, Ohio. In addition to his job, Drew, along with Oswald, Kate, and Lewis, had a small beer business that sprung from Drew's hobby as an amateur brewer. Let's go, Drew. Uh, the beer that cre- they created was called Buzz Beer, a concoction of beer and coffee that became extremely popular throughout the area. The beer was brewed and packaged out of Drew's garage. The Drew Carey Show was my first introduction to the idea that someone other than uh, – Bud Miller Coors could make beer. Same here. <laughs> right? Like that was my first introduction to home brewing. Hmm. And apparently the first introduction to 
coffee beer. beer. Yeah, like that set so the that tone for the rest of my life. Buzz beer. They they poured coffee into their beer and they went. Yeah, you know, they have one go. No, the caffeine's helped me. Helps the buzz last longer. <laughs> kind of right. <laughs> yep. And that's why we have some legal issues with it now. <laughs> Drew's boss, <laughs> Mister Solert. Uh, tried to buy Buzz Beer from the Circle of Friends, but Drew eventually re- uh, reneged on the sale after realizing that he was hurting Kate Oswald and Lewis with his actions. He ended up buying the beer back for much more than Solyard paid for it, however. This is all the Drew Carey show. It is the Drew Carey show. That was uh, a fantastic show, that- and that was, again, one of those things where it's like, Buzz beer ring. As soon as we started talking about this, buzz beer was the thing. We're like, no, it buzz beer is going in it. But then we started doing the research. Like, there's nothing about it really. No, that's all I can. <laughs> it's really just just a background thing. That yeah, really made beer. Yeah, he the there's the episode when they start doing it. Every now and then, something with it pops up in the background. Like I was watching clips. And like they're always drinking it, but they never. It's like yeah. King of the Hill. Honestly, it's like oh, they always have this around. It's, yeah, but they never say specifically that much about it they mentioned their failed uh, valentine's day promotion where they put a chocolate inside of each okay. bottle in which drew has to exclaim you didn't think people would uh, be a little frightful of a strange brown floating thing in their <laughs> bottle of beer <laughs> in which oswald promptly starts to choke on the chocolate in the bottle he just popped open He's like, yeah, we also give you a sneak peek of Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> After they had to give him the Heimlich. Oh, that was a great uh, show. So can we just say the best episode ever of Drew Carey is, uh, which one was it they're trying to get to move? It's Mimi trying to get Drew to move, and she sets up all the speakers oh, outside yeah, they blasting do the, they, they Panama. Do... <laughs> yes. They're just blaring Panama for hours, days against Day him. And and night. Cycles through to the end. He's like, no, it's fine. <laughs> He's just like dancing. <laughs> just like to show him it's not bothering him, but clearly he's going insane. I have to watch. I have to find where this is, like if it's just streaming. That show cracked me the hell up. That and the disturbingness of, uh, oh God, what was it? When they get the uh, the underwear with the vibrator built in. Oh and I Mimi, don't remember that Mimi's wearing them to work and oh, Drew I remember gets that. a hold of the controller because she gives it to her boyfriend and he like leaves it on his desk and Drew figures out what it is and takes it and then Mimi eventually figures because he waits until she's like talking to their boss and then hits it <laughs> I don't remember this episode at all I haven't watched this show in a long time. He's I'm doing that to her like, right now. He's doing that like on and off to her throughout the day. And then finally she just like walks out and exclaims loudly in the office. Like, I don't know who has it, but whoever does put it on high and break it. And then she just walks into the bathroom <laughs> and you're like, Oh God. <laughs> see, I also remember this show as where you're going to see Joe Walsh in any given moment. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that show is so good. Oh, it's not streaming, but you can buy it. Like Amazon and Google Play and Vudu all have it. Surprisingly, okay. a lot of a lot of people got their. Starts. It's only twenty bucks for the season. Okay. I just the theme is just ingrained in me. Mm-hmm. The uh, president of the United States, Cleveland Rocks. Yeah. The, there's also, I will say, their bizarre uh, improv episodes after Drew Carey discovered mm. uh, improvisational stuff, and he's like. Just gonna do weird bits and find the find the mistake in these episodes because there's a lot of those. Mm. Really? Yeah. 
such a great show. Well, moving on to more beer-related stuff, there is one more beer that we're going to talk about that's sort of a beer, sort of not, but it's called butter beer, so why yeah. not talk about it? It's, it's similar to... Acetyl. It is. Well, it's <laughs> exactly. like, it's butterscotch. <laughs> well, I mean, it, Ooh, it, that it is sounds what, good. Uh, it's just that is what... butterscotch-flavored anything. Yeah. Where does this come from? Uh, England, where all the diacetyl in beer comes <laughs> from. <laughs> Fair enough. I want that as a shirt. <laughs> so, butterbeer was served cold in bottles or hot in foaming tankards in Hogsmeade. Uh, if you don't what know this. What in is, God's name is this from? This is Harry, the Harry Potter. Potter universe. Never oh. read it. Yeah. So, that's why I was like, I had to divert research for this to someone who. You've knew. at least seen some of the movies. I've seen the movies. That doesn't mean I really. Like, I realize He's a the movies step up on me. Are just like. <laughs> I a, have a subset of the actual knowledge that comes from this. So I, I said someone who's read all the books, I read up to halfway into the last book. So I was like, you handle this. Someone who knows it. Uh, I, uh, the, the beer is served in Hogsmeade sold at the three broomsticks and the Hogshead. I can say, wait, this book, this, they are children in these books. Why are they drinking beer? Yeah, it's low alcohol. But we'll yeah. talk about it here in just a second. Um the I have had butter beer in Hogshead. Oh, what in Universal? The Florida. Yeah. of uh, uh, not brewery, but theme park. Uh, it is non-alcoholic completely. It's yeah, more it's, of like butterscotch it, soda. It's def- definitely very different there because they're you know yeah. family really friendly. wants butterscotch now, guys, mm-hmm. right? And they do theirs with like a, a butterscotch soda slushy. Mm. Yeah. So although uh, Hogshead uh, was actually their their stock was described as very dusty, suggesting it was not sold there very often in Diagon Alley or Diagon, depending on where you wanted to go. Where <laughs> When you uh, you you spoke the words into with the flu powder, yeah. Um, only those that are what? really into the Potter universe yeah. would understand. Um, I want to watch that. <laughs> is this what it feels See, like when I talk about the Legion of Superheroes exactly to you guys? Exactly what yes. it's like. But I'm sorry. I still have to say I have I'm completely removed from the Harry Potter universe. Yet of all my friends, I've actually been to platform nine and three quarters. And everyone just comments on the picture of me pushing the trolley through the wall. And they're like, no, Chris looks like he's crapping his pants with excitement out of this. And everyone else is just like, hurry up and take the picture so I can move along. They're like, the one person who doesn't give a crap that he's there looks the most excited. (laughs) So in Diagon Alley, the drink's been known to be sold at the Leaky Cauldron. It was made out of butterscotch, sugar, and water. Uh, butter beer may have had a very slight alcohol content, however, which could get house elves in a drunk-like state. Do you have slaves? <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, actually. Yeah. They, they become Why do you people of, like this? Of sorts, yeah. And, it's kind of horrible. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I mean, it is, it is colonial Europe. House elves is like yes, pretty much exactly. the slavish thing I can think. Yep. The f- yep. Okay. Uh, though an antidote to this existed, this is likely due to house elves having both significantly smaller bodies as well as slightly different body body chemistry than humans, thus increasing their vulnerability to the effects of alcohol in any volume. This is it was like so near beer racist. <laughs> <laughs> um, in the D and D sense of race, yes. Yeah, I guess, but it's 
You can talk later. It is uh, seeing. It did seem, however, to have less pronounced effects on humans uh, than smaller creatures such as the house elves. But humans could still fall under the influence. So again, sort of like near beer. Yeah. There are a few recipes to uh, to make your homemade butter beer. Um, one involves sweetened condensed milk, butterscotch topping, whipped butter uh at room temperature and vanilla cream soda which is basically like the buttered rum recipe yeah uh, yeah cream soda instead of rum uh another involves what if we just used rum yeah (laughs) just use rum straight rum uh another involves using a pint of vanilla ice cream butter uh light brown sugar cinnamon nutmeg cloves and then vanilla cream soda which is exactly like the buttered rum recipe without the rum (laughs) question if we use one and a half cups of rum <laughs> per glass of buttered rum, it would get the house elves drunk. That would get me drunk. <laughs> I, I think the stuff. I think the hot version of it sounds delicious, like because it does remind me of the buttered rum. But like uh, the ones with the added like butterscotch stuff makes it like even more intense. How, I, I'm about that. How about we just make the buttered rum and say we're drinking buttered rum and get drunk on the buttered rum. Well, then we put butterscotch stuff on top, you know, like they do at Starbucks. (laughs) With it 90 degrees outside, I ain't drinking anything hot until it cools off. Oh, no. I'm already praying for winter. (laughs) The the hot buttered rum, once you're drunk, the the, the heat will escape the body. You might be right on this. You'll feel better. I'll drink beer, though. Um, (laughs) The next one on the list is girly girl beer. Uh, An oxymoronic ale favored by married with children's patriarch Al Bundy. The beer is also the official drink of his anti-feminism club, No Ma'am, until Yoko Ono becomes the club's official spokesperson. You know, breaks up everything. I fr- <laughs> Technically, there was a lot of interstrife thing, and Paul McCartney shifted. It was Yoko. Structure of the band. Stop romancing it. <laughs> anyway, uh, I was gonna say. You know, Mary the Children. I have a lot of yeah, like oh, I used to love that show, and I and then, and then they, this thing mentions No Ma'am, and I go, oh yeah, it that was, was a thing. It was not politically correct at all, but it was right with the. T- it was everything that was the nineties. Mm-hmm. It was, including when Christina Applegate, young Christina Applegate, walks into a room and everyone just goes woo. Yeah. yeah. And let's let's not talk about the neighbors and what was going on there. They were weird. Peg. The who only just... show Ted McGintley was on that he didn't kill. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> no, if, that if is... nothing else, this episode has made me want to go back and watch every a show. Lot of early two thousands, <laughs> late nineties TV. This really yeah. dates our, our our television watching. So, I like. uh, kind of things were focused in a certain area for one for a few reasons. But also because, if you'll notice, and we talked about Heisler, a lot of more recent shows have given up on being original and coming up with their own brands and have just hmm. gone into using Heisler. Because yeah. a lot of the ones that we didn't even bother naming with that, it's like Brooklyn Nine-Nine and all those kinds of shows all just fall to using generic Heisler. Whereas back in the early 90s, Heisler wasn't around yet, and they actually had to do a little legwork and come up with the brands themselves. Mm. Uh, yeah, they. Uh, all I'm thinking of right now, though, is uh, uh, I don't know. Maybe it means they're all in one big shared universe. 
I like to think that as well, but I mean, yes, there are dozens and dozens. I know you're screaming, why didn't you talk about this one? Why didn't you talk about <laughs> that one? Because one, for time, as I look at the clock, hmm. yeah. and two, because there's just not a whole lot of information on all these. Yeah, surprisingly little. Yeah. Like, we we were looking up everything, and like... You just can't find a lot some of them. Stuff. You get two sentences, and that's it. Because yeah, well, they're there, featured. There are things to there are things to make the world feel like it's more lived in than it is. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it doesn't always pay off like we would hope it would, but still, like you know, it's it's neat where you've got stuff like you know, Duff beer. And when got, some have a backstory, yeah, behind it, like yeah. Duff, it's not which, just set dressing. Duff's been around for thirty years. Like there's a heritage to that. And they've had that more am- heritage to Duff beer than there are a lot of actual beer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so there's a lot of good gags, whereas most of these are just visual gags that it's us. It would be us talking you through it. And it, it's not funny that way. Well, Chris, I tell you what, let's move on from some of these fake beers to some of those beers that aren't nearly as fake. <laughs> Drink with me, friend. Ooh. Casey, I have no idea what I've been drinking. <laughs> uh, Bob's been drinking a... I know it was stout. Name I think it, it was a milk it. stout. A milk stout? No, you need to name it right now on the spot. Name it. Uh, was it from Delatter's Brewing? Delatter's Milk Stout. Delatter's Milk Stout. It's just Casey, a classic traditional. Casey is not a fan of uh, quirky names for the beer. I'm not. I'm really not. I think not a beer, after not after Honey Boo Brew. Honey Boo Brew was my one and only big new, big bird. Actually, it's kind of funny. I had a job interview this week for for something at work, and um, I actually used Honey Boo Brew. They asked me what my first beer name was because I was talking you about home brewing. Home brewing. Yeah, and and so they asked me what it was, and I had to say Honey Boo Brew. <laughs> <laughs> You're the Scotch Walker. Uh, yeah, was before. Was Before, it? Yeah. I don't know if it was because Honey Boo Brew was no, my first same, was my same. first grain beer. It's the same time you brought them to the same back. Ah, party. probably so. Yep. Sorry, that that went real inside baseball. But uh, no, uh, I've I'm at Casey's. He's made some beer recently. Like you had, for, so you started out with the uh, wheat, the tropical mm-hmm. wheat with Citra, um, and then now it's the, it's the uh, milk stout. Milk stout on yeah. those. Uh, both are very good. Uh, the 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 wheat the wheat with Citra has a lot of that. It 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 tastes juicy, if that makes sense. Like it it mm-hmm. has a nice like. It's like a juicy IPA, except, except it's, it's not, not an, an IPA. IPA. Yeah. And then this milk stout has just been really nice and and refreshing this whole time, despite it being a billion degrees outside. Mm-hmm. Even with the sun down. <laughs> yes. Uh, but it's been it's been really nice, refreshing, and then just a, a damn fine milk stout. I think both of them come in around six percent, something like that. So yeah. standard standard beers. Not like that yeah. Berliner Weiss. <laughs> yeah, kick your butt. <laughs> It'll get you drunk. <laughs> All right. Well, um, I decided to start the episode with one featured during the episode. I was drinking the Nimble Giant by Trogues. It's an Imperial IPA coming in at 9%. ABV, uh, 64 IBUs. Surprisingly low on the IBUs because it was pretty hoppy. Uh, has a beer advocate score of 4.22 out of 5. So it's 
getting nice. up there. It is a well-regarded beer, and I'd actually uh, not avoided it, but missed it on shelves. I had seen it, but then I would look at it, and when you look at the can, I can hold it up here for those watching, and it's it's not unassuming. <laughs> it actually is a nice can, like everything about it is pretty nice. Nice, can. nice, nice cans. Mm-hmm. You got two of those? I do, actually. Nice cans. <sighs> but, yeah, nice cans. <laughs> but I, I just, for some reason, could never bring myself to buy it because I had no idea exactly what it was. And I'd seen uh, where I was purchasing, you know, they would put it up on social media and be like, oh, we now have Nimble Giant in, get it before it's gone. And sure enough, it'd be gone in like two days. But I could never bring myself to buy it while I was there. Well, I actually went in and split a pack with someone this time and bought it and tried it and loved it. Uh, it was fantastic. Big uh, Imperial double IPA. Hit me with the hops in the nose. It's taste just how you'd want it to. Uh, sweet and strong and hoppy. Uh, the brewery's description is, <laughs> without, without sway, there can be no balance. Our double IPA gracefully... Uh, Posts uh, grapefruit rind, pineapple, and honeysuckle notes with a hint of earthy forest floor. Behold the wonder. And yeah, I gotta say, it hits all those things. Because as soon as you take a sip and you're like, hmm, it's kind of fruity. You kind of hit some grapefruit. And you're like, no, I wouldn't say it's like... dirt. It tastes like like a campground. (laughs) You're kind of like, hmm, grapefruity, but not like the flesh of a grapefruit. You're like, it's kind of a rough grapefruit. (laughs) <laughs> and then there's a slight pineapple hidden with the grapefruit, uh, slight honeysuckle with the sweetness, and then you just get hit with a big fistful of, like, earthy dirt with some pine needles. <laughs> and you're like, That's, there's the hops. There it is. And it nice. just comes in and finishes off great. And then since that ran out, I had to pour myself a uh, skillet donut stout from Burial. I don't need to give you the stats mm-hmm. on that because I've drank a few on the show before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and then uh, I have also had some of the same beers Bob's had today. Um, in addition to that, we've also drank a couple. We've had two from Odd Side today. We had the uh, Dirty Dank Juice, which is the New England IPA from Odd Side. Real good. Yeah, lots of juiciness, pineapple there. Um, and then we also had the Black and Blueberry Fruitsicle. Even better. <laughs> <laughs> Both of those really, really good beers, um, which I'm uh, quite happy to have them. Oh, yeah. Right. Ooh, excuse me. <laughs> These beers are definitely are not fake, but uh, something else that you can maybe listen to some fake news on is by visiting haveadrinkshow.com. Real news. No fake news. No, no it's fake real. News. Uh, for useful links and info about us, that's the fake part. Uh, <laughs> also look for Have a Drink Show on social media and twitch.tv. Our links are very useful. I think Casey's yeah, but just we're drunk. Not. <laughs> well, you can uh, tell us your favorite drink, ask a question, and uh, just leave some general feedback. You can use the email address feedback at haveadrinkshow.com. You can also use the feedback page on the website. All right. All joking and fun aside, guys, I'd like to remind everyone to please drink responsibly, even if you are drinking Duff beer. <laughs> all right. And you can especially check us. Especially then. Yeah, especially then. Uh, you can check us out next Saturday for our next live episode. And remember to check out patreon.com slash haveadrinkshow. Once again, I'm Brittany Lee Walker. I'm Justin Frazier. I'm Christopher Walker. Oh, and I'm Casey Price. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye, guys.
Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs>